0: Chasing Perfection, a UConn women's basketball podcast. I'm Daniel Connolly here with Megan Gower. We are into the off season. The team has not yet reported for its summer workouts. That's on June 1st. We are recording this on May 24th. So we've got just about a week to go until the team's back on campus. Because we have absolutely nothing to talk about. We asked you on Twitter for mailbag questions we went like a half hour where not a single question got asked. And I really started getting worried that I was going to have to figure out what we were going to do for this podcast. And then they started coming quick and fast. So we have plenty of questions to talk about. We're going to start with the serious questions and then just let it fall apart as we go along. So come along for the ride. Let's just jump right into it. We start with friend of the show, Annie Jay. She asks, how are you guys? And Megan you just got back from a trip how are you?
1: I'm great I just got back from vacation I got to celebrate with my best friends from UConn getting married last weekend so I'm doing great.
0: Very nice how was New Orleans and Alabama right?
1: Yep it was great we had other than like every possible travel issue but still had fun so that's all that matters.
0: Very nice I'm also doing well. I don't have like anything interesting to report. I'm going to Vermont this weekend for Memorial day and I am excited for a vacation, which is probably going to be the last week of June. So fingers crossed that nothing happens that week. So because I'm going on vacation, you just know that that's when everything's going to happen. So circle your calendars for the last week of June, because that's when every piece of news is going to happen.
1: Where are you going at the end of June? Cape Cod. Nice.
0: Orleans. Very excited about it. It's been since pre COVID that we had like a normal trip to Cape Cod. So never a bad trip to Cape Cod, but yeah, very excited for it. So yes, we are doing well. The weather has been really nice. So it's been, it went from being cold and rainy outside to unbearably hot. And now I think this week's going to be like an actual week of spring here in Connecticut. So I can't complain
1: exactly one one week of spring and then i think it's supposed to be hot again so we just we skipped the nice weather i guess
0: (laughs) look at least we're getting a spring i feel like two years ago no last year where it just rained every single weekend
1: yeah
0: i'd rather have this i'll take that very true second one comes in from another friend of the show stats timmy had to lead off with this one what do you think the starting lineup is next season The question we get, I could put out a mailbag request every single day, every single month of the off season and write every single day. And if I answer a question about what the starting lineup is in every single mailbag, I'm still going to get asked what I think it's going to (laughs) be. This is the first time I have been asked what I think next year's starting lineup will be though. So stats, Timmy, you do get a pass here. Megan, I will throw it to you. Well, I think of what my starting lineup might be.
1: Okay, well, I feel like there's four pretty obvious ones. Paige, Daisy, Aaliyah, and Dorka. I really think the the only one that's kind of up in the air is that, that final spot. I'm probably between, well, obviously between I think Nika and Caroline on it, but I'll go with Nika.
0: I agree with the four, but I think I'm going to have Caroline instead of Nika. As much as Nika is so good when she's in the starting lineup, I feel like they're just going to put Caroline in. If I was running the team, I think I'd probably put Neek in, but my guess is that it's Caroline. Although I feel like this is going to be a team where that spot probably moves around a bit. And of course I feel like now, every time we write anything about next year's team and what we think might happen, we need to hedge it with the caveat of assuming everyone stays healthy because you all just watched last season, you know, (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) we learned anything last season
0: I do think everyone else is pretty locked in though I mean Paige obviously AZ was in the starting once AZ went into the starting lineup she didn't leave Dorka and Aliyah are the two best bigs obviously everyone else behind them is a question mark I can't imagine anyone else even starting so I wonder could Aubrey maybe sneak in if she's got more of a rounded game where she can actually shoot the ball because that was something in her game that she was working on a lot last summer before she got hurt. We never even saw it this year. Maybe she gets that a look at the three and plays more as a wing instead of down low, especially if maybe ice and Diana and Amari are all looking good. So that front court, that chart might be a little bit more crowded, but I mean, so much needs to happen for Aubrey to be in consideration, but I think she could be a dark horse.
1: Yeah, I agree, but I tend to think she'll more play as a a kind of a backup in that front court, unless, like you said, I mean, if all three of those players are good and there's a ton of depth there, things could change, but I I certainly don't think that's going to be the case off the bat.
0: Next up, this comes from... Is Handel's Hightower, Robert? I'm going to assume your name's Robert Hightower. I hope I'm not jumping to any wild conclusions there. has three questions. We'll go one by one. First up, All-American predictions. I'm going to jump on this one first because I have a hot take here. Paige, if she's healthy, she's an All-American. AZ, I would be surprised if she's not an All-American next year, if we're being honest. My hot take is that I think Caroline makes an All American team. I don't think she's a consensus All American. I don't think she's a first team All American, but I think she makes an All American team, whether it be third team AP or WBCA or the USBWA. I think she makes one of the major All American teams, not consensus, not unanimous, but she's on there somewhere. And I think. Aaliyah Edwards is not an All-American, but she's an honorable mention All-American.
1: Fair. Obviously, Paige and AZ also for me. I think those are just pretty clear as long as they stay healthy. I don't necessarily agree with you on Caroline, but I would probably say something similar about Aaliyah. I think she could be a third team. kind of. She's not going to be a first team, probably not second team All-American, but could see her being a third team All-American on one of those rosters if, if she kind of picks up where she left off then of the season.
0: Look, I was driving the Caroline train all last season when she started coming. (laughs) I'm just picking it up where I left off. Tough (laughs) end of the year because of injuries, but no, this is going to be the year of Caroline Ducharme. I'm ready for it. I'm leading the charge. It starts now. Question number two from Robert, which new player Ayana Ice or Lou Lopez Seneschal will have the most impact this upcoming season. And it's not part of the question, but I'm just going to throw Aubrey Griffin into that mix too, because She's not a new player, but she's not exactly a returning player either. So I'll put her in there too.
1: Adding Aubrey in, I'd probably go with Aubrey. I think we've seen that she can obviously have a big impact for this team in her first two seasons. So I'd expect, as long as she's healthy, that we'll at least see something of that level going into next year, if not even more of an impact. Um, But if I had to pick up those three, I'd probably go with Ice just because i feel like there's not a lot of like true wings on this team so there's definitely a spot for her
0: okay i think even with aubrey in the mix i think ice is going to be my pick i've been riding or i've been driving the caroline train i've also been driving the ice train have i seen her play no have <laughs> i talked with her no do i know that much about her not really vibes though i'm rolling <laughs> off vibes I just think ice is going to be a star from the second she steps on this campus. There's times where Gino talks about a player. And if you read between the lines, you can tell that he thinks there's something really special about them. And it's not just that he thinks they're a really good basketball player. And it was there with Paige, and it was there with AZ, but I'm more thinking of it the way he talked about Caroline and the way that she was just, beating her teammates and they couldn't figure out how and the chip on her shoulder. And what he said about ice Brady at the coaches show was that she basically paid her way to come on an unofficial visit to stores pretty much solely so that she could tell Gino that she wanted to come to UConn and commit to UConn. And he mentioned that she's just a different type of person and almost an old school type person and player. So I don't know. There's just something about ice that I think is going to really click at UConn and all the people that I've been clamoring about when's UConn going to get a big, when's UConn going to have, I'm not saying that she's going to be a a Leah Boston, but when's someone when's UConn going to have someone like that, a really, really dominant post player ice Brady has consistently been my answer. And I also just found out that some places have her listed at six, four, not just 6'3", which I think ESPN has her at. So she might even be an inch taller than I thought she was, which is a whole other element too, because for some reason, the difference between 6'3 and 6'4 seems like a foot. Yeah, I don't
1: know. I kind of agree with that. It feels like there's a significant difference between those two heights.
0: This is totally unrelated, but in my head, why do Katie Lou Samuelson and Aaliyah Edwards seem like completely different heights, even though they're both listed at 6'3"? Is it maybe like the wingspan? I would think that Katie Lou Samuelson is like way taller than Aaliyah Edwards when they're probably just the same height.
1: I feel like I would have thought that Aaliyah Edwards was taller, but maybe that's just because like they played in such different spots. I don't
0: know. Okay, maybe this is just a me problem then. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like Lou was
1: a guard and I like know she's a big guard, but I would still thought that Aaliyah Edwards was taller.
0: (laughs) Or maybe it's the wingspan or Lou was a little more lanky.
1: Yeah, I mean that could be it. Like, just more like than in like, where Elias got is more felt like a post player.
0: Also unrelated, but I was just thinking about this the other day. Nafisa Collier is only six one, and Gabby Williams is five eleven, and that was their front court for two really good seasons. Like two seasons where they should have won the national championship, and the reason they didn't win the national championship wasn't due to their height.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like Gabby Williams made up for being 5'11 by just being like a freak athlete. Like she could jump higher than <laughs> anyone at <Yeah>. 5'11 can. <laughs> so it yeah, made up exactly. for the
0: <laughs> Which Ayanna Patterson might be the best athlete they've gotten to come to UConn, which is saying a lot considering both Gabby Williams and Aubrey Griffin. And she's 6'2 we we've seen the way she can jump. She can dunk the ball with two hands. So they can get, I mean, it's so hard to say if someone can be like Gabby because Gabby Williams was so good, not just with rebounding, not just with scoring, but the way she passed the ball and the way she stole the ball. Those it, are really high expectations to put on a freshman. And I don't think she ever really got the do of how good she was, but we're just talking about someone who plays bigger than their size. If Iona can do that, that would be really good for you Mm gun for sure. Then the third question from Robert is expectations for this year's team. In my opinion, they should be right there with South Carolina pound for pound with South Carolina, because yeah, you lose Kristen Williams, Olivia Nelson, adota and Olivia and a a Vina Westbrook. I mean, I kind of feel like they might be better off without those players. Yeah, they were good, but, I think Olivia is the biggest loss because you don't have an exact replacement for her and you can't really replicate her defense and her passing. But Avina and Kristen's minutes are just going to be taken up by AZ and Caroline, who they looked really good as freshmen. If they take a pretty good leap as sophomores, again, I think they're going to be all Americans. Avina and Kristen weren't all Americans. I have high expectations for those two. So I think the fact that they may be taking up the minutes of the departed guards could be a good thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it's going to be a, assuming everyone stays healthy of like one a one B of South Carolina and UConn this season, like they're probably going back to the final four. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised to see a same rematch in the national championship game.
0: No, that's going to be my preseason prediction is UConn South Carolina in the national championship game. I also, South Carolina is going to be really good because they have a league of Boston.
1: I'm I concerned about their backcourt.
0: Yes, I, I, I exactly. A lot, of question marks, a lot of question marks. I mean, y- you won the national championship and I don't, I mean, this is really just going to come off of sour grapes and that's really not what I'm trying to do. But you beat a UConn team that doesn't have a fully healthy page Beckers, that AZ Fud six. she's not even in factor. Dorky Uhas isn't out there. Olivia Nelson Adota apparently wasn't at 100%. And Destiny Henderson has the game of her life. A lot of things went right for South Carolina. And even if they all didn't go right, there's a pretty good chance they win that game anyway. So I'm not saying that's the reason South Carolina won, but now you don't have Destiny Henderson and there's no obvious replacement for her on the roster. UConn, you hope, has Paige Beckers healthy for a full season. AZ Fudd, even if she's just healthy, that's a different factor. If she's a different player this year, it's a whole nother thing. Caroline Ducharme, she might actually be healthy. Dorky Uhas should be out there. Aaliyah Edwards might be better. Outside of Aaliyah Boston, I don't really think South Carolina has... Aaliyah Boston and Paige are probably next to each other. And Aliyah Boston is just so physical and is so tough to guard that I think UConn doesn't have a matchup for her but I think you just go down the rest of the roster and UConn has South Carolina beat on pretty much every other level. So it's just, can Aaliyah Boston close the gap enough to make it not matter? Or can some of their younger players make the leap or some of their transfers be good enough to compete with the rest of UConn's roster? So I think that's going to be the really fascinating battle is South Carolina has got the star forward, which is the great equalizer. But UConn's got the better roster. How does that play out?
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it's going to be interesting to see. Um, they've lost some interesting pieces in the in the backcourt. So, like you said, Henderson. But they've also had a fair amount of transfers. They've got transfers coming in. I mean, they do have Raven Johnson. That's probably the most notable person to fill that at Henderson's role. But because she was out with the injury all freshman year. She didn't get that experience as a freshman, so it's gonna be, I think, a little bit harder for her to just jump into that
0: spot. Yeah, they're still gonna be good. And it's not like it's gonna be a Caitlin Clark at Iowa situation yeah. where you've got Caitlin Clark and you got Monica Sonano, and then you just got a bunch of other players that are definitely Division One Caliber. No, they they've got good players outside of Alia Boston, but when you compare them to Yukon, they don't have anyone. Like Paige Beckers and Brie Beal's back, right? Yeah. So, sure, you can throw Brie Beal on Paige Beckers, but then you don't have anyone for AZ FUD. And even if AZ has an off night, if Caroline's playing the way that she did when she was leading the team and scoring, that's just a three headed monster that's going to be really tough to stop. Not even mentioning what Aliyah Edwards and Dorky Uhas could be. So, So much needs to happen before national championship games even played between these two teams, assuming both of them even get that far. But I think it will be a really fascinating matchup whenever they play for the first time. I did love the early season matchup with South Carolina. I guess this is probably like a February game when they come up next season, but I like them playing early. So then you can kind of see where they are at the beginning of the year, then have a later game. And then. Ideally, you'd have a game also in February and then a likely NCAA tournament matchup just so you could see the progression of both teams as they go along.
1: Yeah, exactly. I did like that last year, so it would have been nice to see it this year. Unfortunately, obviously, I don't think that's the plan unless somehow South Carolina is in the same tournament, but I don't think they are for Thanksgiving. Um,
0: no. No, I, yeah. I don't think they're a Nike school, and it's only Nike school. Yeah, they're not. It's, it's, they're not a Durham school that's tough at least if you're in adidas school you're adidas but <laughs> under armor i don't know yeah there's probably like an under armor rep listening to this being like all right i was about to hook you guys up but you're <laughs> just i've I've never been in an, uh i will say actually i did just buy some under armor shorts and they're quite nice <laughs> that's not even me trying to suck up i am now reevaluating Generally, Nike and Adidas are my go-to. I'm very glad UConn's a Nike school.
1: Yeah, I'm more of an Adidas person in general, but I, I agree. Nike does a decent job.
0: <laughs> At least they're not Aeropostale anymore. Yeah, <laughs> is that what it was? Right, the football jerseys were Aeropostale. Am I saying really? right? that sounds really? Weird. <laughs> Wait, I know,
1: I've never heard it something like that. I think it's like Aeropostale. <laughs>
0: I don't know why I was putting the like elitist touch <laughs> on the Aeropostale. Aeropostal. I don't know. I don't buy it ever. I don't
1: even think that even brand even exists anymore. <laughs> they went under. Anyway. Really? That was like
0: the clothing brand to win in or to wear in middle school.
1: I feel like it was not. I feel like. You wore it because like Holster and Abercrombie were too expensive. Which is, this does not matter <laughs> anyway. I, feel you like that talking. Talking
0: <laughs> I didn't have any of it, so I have no idea. No, it still exists because there's 800 <laughs> locations. There's one oh, okay. that looks like it. I thought Hills. they like went
1: bankrupt, but maybe they like came back. I mean, like Abercrombie like disappeared for a long time, and now they're like really big again. So who knows?
0: Going bankrupt does not stop corporations.
1: This is very true. <laughs>
0: I think it was, I was driving
1: through Alabama. Like I saw a Sears, and like, i that. I don't even know Sears still existed, but apparently they
0: do. Isn't there still a Sears at the Buckland Mall, or did that one finally? out? <laughs> uh,
1: I, I couldn't tell you the last time I went to the Buckland Mall. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, according to Google, there's still one ah. at in the Buckland Mall. Actually, there's, I'm confused. What am I looking at? There's like two. Oh no, one of them says permanently closed. Never mind. <laughs> I think there still is one in, in Buckland, though.
1: Gotcha. I, I never go to Buckland House Mall, to
0: be fair. so That's the closest one to me. I just bought a suit there. I'm very excited about my suit. I've been telling everybody about my suit. It's <laughs> light blue. I have no plans to wear it anywhere, but I just needed a summer suit. Do I have an actual suit, like a black one or a navy one? Absolutely not. Do I have a powder blue one? Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you're ready as long as the event you need it for is in the summer or the spring. Otherwise. Fingers
0: crossed. <laughs> Anyways, to get back slightly on topic, on topic, <laughs> yes, it is Aeropostal. that had UConn football jerseys. Man, there's a Reddit college football tweet about it. UConn had Aeropostal football jerseys because their existing Nike deal only covered basketball and hockey when they began their move to FBS. <laughs> interesting interesting yeah there's a photo of dan Orlovsky here wearing it it <laughs> pops up on twitter like every few years
1: <laughs> so interesting
0: <laughs> now i think nike just does every single sport yeah I UConn, think yeah which i mean this is unrelated their basketball jerseys fantastic right now apparently they don't do much with the yukon's hockey jerseys they came out with new ones and they were pretty much identical to the old ones aside from like a change in the collar so still i'd prefer nike's uniforms are generally better than adidas's though adidas yes, usually has fair. the hideous ones
1: my bias towards adidas is what it has to do with their sneakers
0: <laughs> oh no that's totally fair you know what i'm honestly more of a adidas cleat person like all growing up i always had adidas cleats but i needed new sneakers so i went down to the outlets in clinton Nike was way better selection and better fit. So maybe I'm turning. I don't know.
1: I don't know. Nike sneakers like run really small and I have large feet, so oh, I need mean, okay. like all of them. It's just, a, I don't, yeah, not, not great. Anyway, this is like not relevant. No one cares. So can
0: no, though, that's a perfect <laughs> transition though, yeah. to another question from our friend Annie who has, she asked, who has the tallest feet. I'm just going to go ahead and assume this means who has the biggest feet. And I don't know, but Dorka Yuhas, I think,
1: would be yeah, my guess. That was, that was gonna be my guess too. I feel like it has to be Dorka.
0: I feel like Amari might have big feet though. Oh, that's true. I don't know. This is these are questions that I need to start. Maybe not who <laughs> has the biggest feet, but like who has the best shoe game on the team. Although the answer is almost definitely page Packers because of that yeah, stock X deal. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely,
1: definitely page, but.
0: Does anyone else have like a shoe deal? I don't think so.
1: I don't think so either.
0: StockX isn't like a shoe company, right?
1: No, it's like, like a resale company for expensive shoe or sneakers that you like can't get.
0: Right. So in theory, she could still sign like a shoe deal and get a signature yeah. shoe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which okay. honestly, like I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen that at all in college basketball. Like on the mentor woman side. I feel like That's there would true. be
0: a market for that. You would think, I mean, who wouldn't, would pagebackers sneakers not sell out immediately?
1: Yeah, but that would require Nike to give a woman a signature shoe, which they've got the bond, which is why like the biggest stars in the WBA keep going to Puma. So anyways, (laughs) I digress. Is that,
0: is that who's giving Stewie the signature shoe?
1: Yeah, which I feel like maybe should be coming out soon because we've heard about that for a while now, but yeah, Stewie is getting a shoe at Puma.
0: Is hideous? It's horrible. <laughs> Everything.
1: But like Adidas has done stuff, like I don't know that she necessarily has a signature shoe, but they've done like Candace Parker shoes. Whereas if like, Nike's done nothing.
0: Which is Who are, <laughs> it was like 10 years ago that Diana Tarasi had our signature shoe. Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah, like a long time ago. Tarasi had one. And then Maya had a pair of Jordans a long time ago. But it's Speaking been of- like and then there was, like, the air swoops, which is not UConn-related, but, like, way back, like, early WNBA. But I feel like somehow we've, like, regressed on the woman's shoes instead of moving forward, which is disappointing.
0: Speaking of hideous shoes, those Diana Taurasi ones are yeah,
1: really,
0: horrible. <laughs> <They're really bad. laughs> I don't know how that happened, but it was it was tough. Yeah. Anyways, we to get back on topic a little bit. This one comes in from... Oh man, I don't know how to pronounce this name. I don't know if it's Kate or Katie. C Roundtree, Kate or Katie. I'm sorry. I don't know. It's C-A-I-T-E. I I feel like it could be either. I'm going to go with Kate. Anyways, Kate Roundtree asks, what are your expectations for next season for Paige and the team as a whole? We just talked about the team, but I think Paige is a good one because, I mean, we saw her at the beginning of the year be unbelievable. A little too unbelievable. For the rest of the team, then had the unbelievable game against NC State, but wasn't really yourself at any point outside of that. I feel like she should be in the national player of the year conversation. And it's probably going to be either her early or Leah Boston. And it probably is just going to come down to whoever has the strongest finish to the year because recency bias is real.
1: Yeah, I think she is the national player of the year. Like, I, Aaliyah Boston is really, really, really good, but I still think that Paige Becker is at full health is on a different level. It's, I just, I don't really think it's much of a contest, and I, I don't think I'll have many South Carolina fans listening to me say, <laughs> to <laughs> wreck my Twitter matches, but I, I just, I don't really think it's close. Like, I think if, the, if you, like, talk about a world where, like, Paige decides to declare next year, and Aaliyah Boston is also on the draft. Like I, there's no doubt in
0: my mind that Paige does number one. Interesting. Not that I disagree that Paige is the best player in the country, but I think there's also something to be said for just, I mean, I guess it's different at the WNBA level, but having a big who is just so dominant, I, I think of the alternate universe where Aaliyah Boston comes to UConn and UConn's, just won back-to-back national championships, and they are approaching their 111-game win streak because the last two seasons have been undefeated.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's true. But like,
0: I don't know what that was related to. Because
1: that South Carolina and Ilya Boston that you can i don't necessarily know that that's true. Like, that's true together. Like, obviously, yes, they would be undefeated.
0: But I, yeah, well, yeah, um, I meant. If both of them were here.
1: Yeah, I mean, with both of them, well, yes. Like, obviously, no one's going to beat that. But, yeah, I don't it know. Be- I, like, and I, and I don't mean this as any shade to Lee Boston because I think she's a really, really good player. I just think that Page is a different level.
0: Maybe it's just because we haven't seen a healthy Page. that so I'm forgetting just how freaking good she is. Yeah. And <laughs> also, we've only seen a healthy freshman Page. Like, what's a healthy junior I- year Page look like? I mean, we have someone who's going to be one of the greatest players who's ever played at UConn and her first season is shortened and turned weird because of COVID. She gets hurt her second year, her third year, who knows what's going to happen, but she could leave after her third year. Just for our sake, please give us two full normal years of Paige Beckers, regardless of what happens. Just let us have them. Let us see. And AZ. We got half a year of healthy AZ too. Can we just get two full years of both of those two healthy to see what could happen?
1: Seriously. Like the fact that we, we actually have not seen like what healthy page plus healthy AZ looks like on court.
0: Plus healthy Caroline. Yeah. <laughs> Caroline's really good. That's what I'm yeah. trying to say with, she's going to be an all American next year. She, if she played like she did, when Paige was out and AZ was out and was leading the team in scoring for an entire season, she would have at least been in the all American conversation. And granted yeah. it's different when Paige and AZ are out there because she's not going to have that volume of scoring, but she they gave her the ball at the end of a game to go score the winning basket. And she did it like yeah. no questions asked.
1: No, she's really, really good. <laughs> I just think like so much of the hype going into last season was like, watching page and each together and we never Oh, that. 100%. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but you just also throw Caroline on top of that. Yeah, right?
1: yeah.
0: And there's three different guards too. It's not like you got three point guards all vying for the same thing. You can play three of them on the court and all of them will be in their own space on the court and not bumping into each other.
1: Exactly.
0: I mean, you could even easily play four guards with Caroline.
1: Mm-hmm. Does she, come so. with she has enough size.
0: And she's shown a willingness to get into the lane and she's posted up and scored. She's willing to rebound. She's been, she hasn't been a great defender, but when she's been on, you know, the lankier, the bigger players, she's been pretty good and has gotten a lot of hands on shots for blocks. So I'm again, just very high on Caroline Ducharme over here, but yeah, expectations for Paige, national player of the year. Keeping with the theme of expectations, this one comes in from Chopper J. I do not know how to pronounce your name on Twitter. I'm sorry. Sophomore expectations. I think we've kind of hit on it, but Amari DeBerry is the one that we haven't talked about. I think Amari DeBerry is going to be a contributor next year. I don't think you get thrown into a national championship game and at least hold your own while also showing flashes throughout the rest of the season and then never get heard from again. I think she's got the talent all season long. Gina made it seem like it's a mindset thing with her. And it seems like she has the mindset finally. So I'm excited for what she can do as a software. I don't think she's necessarily going to be an all American next year or even an all big East type player, but I think she'll be part of the bigs rotation and be a contributor.
1: Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. I feel like the things that Gina said kind of towards the end of the season after the Final Four about her being really bought into, you know, getting on campus and getting better this summer feels like, like you said, that mindset piece is coming together. And I think was the last summer that they were talking about how, you know, she's like one of the most skilled bigs that UConn has had in a long time. So I think if you can get both of those pieces together, she's going to be a big part of this team. And I mean, when you look at the depth, like there's not a ton of depth on this team. Like, I don't think it's crazy to see there's like a a world where she's like the second player off the bench next season.
0: She could also be a really good replacement for Olivia Nelson and Dota, maybe not so defensively, but in terms of the facilitator down low, Mm -hmm. from what I saw of her high school tape, she's a really good and willing passer, which a lot of times that's something they have to teach their bigs. If you don't have to teach that to her and it's just something that comes a little more naturally that at least softens the blow of not having Olivia Nelson, adota in that offense, helping things move through the post.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Second question. How dependent do you think we'll be on our freshmen? UConn will be on the freshmen. I think there's a world where the freshmen don't actually have to contribute a lot, but at the same time, the opportunity is absolutely going to be there for them to have a big impact because there's Dorka Yuha's, there's Aliyah Edwards, and after that, it's wide open. So all of them could impress. And I'm throwing DeBerry in that mix, even though she's not a freshman. But Ice Brady and Iana Patterson, they all could impress, they all could underwhelm, maybe. They kind of take turns throughout the season for who's hot and who's scuffling, but I think I don't think dependence the right word because I don't think I mean they might need the freshman to be good, but I don't think they need the freshman. The freshman could help put them over the top. I think that's where the freshmen are on this team. It's not like a few years ago where you had Olivia Nelson-Adota as your number one center and then Aubrey Griffin was your backup option. It's mm-hmm. not like that. You've got a little bit of depth to play with. They're going to be depth players, no matter what. It's just how big of a role do they carve out for themselves?
1: Yeah, exactly. I think this team can be really good. Even if they don't contribute, this team will be a lot better if they can contribute. Um, but I don't think that going to depend on them, but they'll just be a better team if they can get things from them in the minutes that they're going to play.
0: And I'm on record as being super high on ice Brady and her being an immediate impact freshman. But just to talk about Ayana for a second, with those physical tools and her size, I think she could, it's a very low bar for her to contribute. I think she could have an Aubrey-esque freshman year where you just put her in to rebound, wreak havoc defensively, and get a few points per game. You don't even need all that much out of her. I think her shot and her finishing needs some not some, it needs a lot of work from what I saw in the three on three tournament, but it's a very low bar for her to contribute, especially with Aubrey Griffin's status uncertain. So I'd be a little surprised if she didn't earn some semblance of minutes.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think we're going to see them both play minutes, but that's just, a, I don't think the team depends on them.
0: Right. It's been a while since we've had top 10 bigs. It's been since Olivia Nelson Adota. And Olivia Nelson Adota played a decent role as a freshman. I even think she played some big minutes in the final four loss to Notre Dame. If I'm
1: they took it's her like, out, and
0: that's when uh, Notre Dame uh, came back, right? Top 10
1: recruit? Sorry.
0: Liv? No. Um,
1: Aliyah, was Aliyah not a top 10 recruit?
0: No, she was like number 26, I want to say. Probably because. She was Canadian. I think if she was an American player, she probably would have been top 10. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, I was close. Yeah. Also, like the recruiting rankings for ESPN have changed so much that I think Amari DeBerry was like a number five recruit. And then when they switched over how they were doing their rankings, she fell back to 15. So. I feel like that kind of changes the perception a little bit too. If yeah. Amari DeBerry was the number five player and barely played as a freshman, that would be significantly more concerning than the number 15 player in the class, needing a little bit of developmental time.
1: Yeah. I mean, but also like women's basketball recruiting rankings right just aren't great in general
0: so all recruiting rankings everywhere aren't great but when you're talking (laughs) about
1: basketball in particular yes
0: (laughs) right because you have one service providing them it's not like men's basketball where you've got rivals you've got 24 7 you've got espn and there might even be more that i'm not even aware of (laughs) so last question from chopper j was lou insurance for caroline I don't think for no, Caroline think specifically.
1: Depth for this backcourt, right? Yeah. It's still thin. You're talking about a four-player rotation in the backcourt. They needed someone right. else. I, th- I think that's what she is.
0: You just needed a warm body back there. And I'll continue pounding the drum that Adam Akarat would have been perfect for this team. <laughs> Bring a <Anna> back, honestly. <laughs> no, I don't think... Caroline's hip injury is anything to be all that concerned about long term I'm not worried about it long term I haven't talked with you know a ton about it but he doesn't seem too concerned about it long term without knowing the specifics it seems like it's a labrum injury because from my limited medical knowledge so again Mm -hmm. that's the caveat but the Labor injuries seem to be things that players can play through for a while and just need to be done eventually it's more of a pain tolerance thing than anything so she, she probably didn't want to have it done and miss the entire off season coming into her freshman year so she just put it off a year decided to have it done after her freshman year i don't really know if it's going to be the type of thing where you have one then you're going to need the other done eventually or if this is number two i don't know if she's had a hip surgery before but I'm really not that concerned about Caroline potentially missing a significant amount of time. I think she'll be back at the start of the season and be good as new. I don't know. I'm just speculating with that though.
1: Yeah. I mean, we'll never really know until we see her play, but I agree. I don't think it's anything to be worried about at this point.
0: There's definitely room for both of them on the roster too. It's not like (laughs) UConn's got a glut of guards, which makes it, I remember when Kiki Rice was, you know, being talked about as a recruit. It was like, oh, where's she going to play? Yeah, they would have found spots for Kiki Rice to play. Yeah, pretty confident about that. But no, Luloba Seneschal, she's listed as a forward. She's a guard. I don't care what anyone tells me. She's a guard. She shoots three-pointers. She scores a lot. She doesn't rebound a ton, but she rebounds a bit. She's essentially a small forward, and in UConn's offense, that's a guard.
1: Yeah, but – Yeah, she's playing at a guard at all. Right. As a forward, it doesn't matter she's a guard.
0: (laughs) It's exactly what Caroline Ducharme and Katie Lou Samuelson are. They're big guards that they call guards, but they'll go inside a little bit. Again, small forwards that they just don't really use that term with UConn. It's either guards or forwards. Not even really centers, even. Sticking with Caroline Ducharme, this one comes from Robert Simon. Did the injuries or the return of Paige Beckers cause Caroline to lose significant playing time and plays down the stretch her number of games she was offensively carrying the team no all all that time gino said that it was the head injury that she sustained yeah. after getting three knocks in a row she missed i think it was three or four games and he said after the national championship that she just wasn't as comfortable getting into the lane and playing physical because she was worried about getting hit and as someone who's had plenty of concussions I can tell you it takes a long time to get that confidence back and she had it a little bit in the national championship game so no I think it was really just the injuries I don't think there's any grand conspiracy beyond that
1: yeah I would agree with that I just feel like after the head injury, she never and it wasn't a lot of time right like that that was happening at the end of the regular season and then you go into To postseason play and it all happens very quickly and there just wasn't a lot of time in between and she didn't quite get back to, you know, fully what we saw, but I I don't think it's anything other than the injury.
0: Right, the head injury that was not a concussion, but still had lots of concussion symptoms, but (laughs) I just don't understand, I don't know, I still don't understand how that wasn't a concussion, but apparently there's like certain criteria that need to be met for it to be a concussion and she didn't hit all of them or something. I truly don't know, truly, but <laughs> it seems like she's better. I mean, obviously she's better. Hopefully the time off will do her good to just get her back in the right headspace because it is tough coming back from a head injury. Next one comes in from Maddie B. I don't know how to pronounce your last name. I'm sorry. First, will the team be better if Paige leads us in scoring or if AZ does? And I don't know about you, Megan, but I think this is an easy one. I would say AZ because when Paige scores, because that means Paige isn't carrying the team like she did at the start of last year.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I could go both ways on this one. I agree with it from that point, but then also like Paige is scoring the ball. This team is going to be good. and Because she can be scoring a lot and also facilitating a lot and still have this team be really good. So I don't know. I could go either way.
0: But I think if AZ is leading the team in scoring, she's probably scoring over 20 points a game because she still has to beat Paige in scoring. That's more how I'm looking at it. If it's Paige leading the yeah. team in scoring, that doesn't necessarily mean that AZ's right behind her. But if AZ's leading the team in scoring, I fully believe that Paige is right on her heels.
1: Okay, that's fair. From my perspective.
0: And the second question, what are the expectations for Aubrey? I have zero expectations for Aubrey. Back injuries are weird. We she's doing some activities or hoping to get her back to basketball activities by the summer but i just really don't know how to judge back injuries at all so i'm setting my expectations at zero and once we get eyes on her and see what she could possibly do again then we can reevaluate but right now i'm keeping them at zero until we can actually see her play basketball again
1: yeah exactly i think it's just a wait and see at this point well it's I mean, back surgery is not something easy to come back from, so we'll just see
0: when we see. Yeah, it's very weird trying to talk about next year's team when Aubrey could be a really huge player, but she could also not even factor in at all. There's such a wide variance of the possible outcomes for what Aubrey Griffin does next season that it's so hard to try and say right now when she's not even fully recovered from the back surgery. Exactly. Next one, we're gonna come back to Annie. She had a lot of questions. Are we getting any more transfers or players? I wouldn't be surprised if they add a walk-on, a guard just for another practice player, but I don't think they're getting any more transfers. I think this is pretty much gonna be the roster of players that compete for the rotation. And then if you add in any walk-ons, they don't really factor into that mix.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think the transfer ship has sailed at this point.
0: Next, this one comes in from at Becker's underscore. Will the priority next season be for Paige to be a facilitator first or a scorer first? I think we're probably going to see a very similar script where she comes in wanting to be a facilitator. Gino's going to want her to be a scorer first. It's going to be that feeling out period at the start of the year and then she's going to figure it out of where that balance could be because you know, if AZ's clicking and if Caroline's clicking, and the bigs are really playing well, then she can afford to be more of a facilitator and score in those gaps where, all right, you leave me alone, I'm going to go score. But you know, if you pass to a wide open AZ in the corner, that's a better shot than anyone else on the team that's going to create. But if maybe they, this team isn't as great as we think they are going to be right off the bat, kind of similar to the, how this last year's team was, then she's going to be a scorer first because Paige can score at will when she's at full health. We saw that last season. For UConn to be a really good team, it needs to be somewhere in the middle.
1: Yeah, I would kind of just say both, right? Like, I think I know it doesn't really answer the question, but like, if UConn's going to be good, she's going to have to score because she's, I don't think like it's unfair to say, probably the best. Person, one of the best players in the country at creating her own shot. She can score at will. She's going to have to score for UConn to be good. And she also needs to facilitate because she's going to be in that point guard role and, and needs to run the offense. So I don't really know that one is more important than the other.
0: No, definitely. I just feel like if she's a scorer first, that means we're back to where we were at the start of last year where people are just standing around waiting for her to make things happen. And that's not a good thing either.
1: Yeah. I guess that's fair, but I I still think she could be a scorer first and that not be the case. I think when you have a player like her, she's still going to be scoring the ball a lot. There's just not really anyone in the country that can guard her.
0: No, definitely. And I think it, we probably don't want to see her scoring 20 points a game because that would mean that AZ's scoring a lot, Caroline's scoring a lot, you know, maybe Nika's scoring some, maybe Lou's chipping in. Dorka, Aaliyah, one of the other bigs is scoring. Even if she's still at 17, 18, even 19 points per game, that's still a lot, but it seems like the 20 point threshold is kind of where it is between she's scoring at will and she's scoring because she has to, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair.
0: Next one, this comes from at the goat PB. I agree, PB and J's are (laughs) fantastic. How does UConn's non-conference schedule compare to previous seasons and other top teams? So nothing is official yet, but this is generally what it looks like. So they have four road games, supposedly at Notre Dame is pretty locked in and at Texas and Tennessee both seem pretty firm as well. They're also supposed to travel to Cal because that was one of the series that was supposed to happen during the COVID year. It got pushed back because so many non-conference games got canceled. But at the same time, the Manchester JIs, Carl Adamek, who always the guy to go to for the schedule news, he said that the series with Cal and Oklahoma, which were supposed to end during the COVID year, were getting pushed back. So they are supposed to play at Oklahoma last season, and that didn't happen. And they're supposed to play at Cal this upcoming season. So I wonder if one of those series got canceled, did both of them get canceled? That's, you know, something we don't have the answer to until UConn releases the schedule. Their home games are going to be against South Carolina and NC state. They also have two games at PK 85, which will be against presumably Iowa will be one of them. And then there's also Duke and Oregon state, I believe. Those are two games. And because they're playing in what's called a multi-team event, they can play a maximum of 27 games. And since they're playing 20 biggies games, that leaves them, assuming the Cal game is on the schedule, let's just keep it there for the sake of argument. They'd have one more opening on their schedule. And ideally that would be a home game because mm-hmm. it is a very road-heavy slate and you don't have a ton of non-conference games to begin with. I would guess it's on the road though. But yes, do you have any thoughts on the schedule after running through it?
1: No, I feel like it's pretty good. Um, I mean, obviously, you get South Carolina in there, that's probably the most important. It's a decent slate of non-conference teams. I think, like, honestly, I still need time to figure out, like, who's really going to be good next year because there's been so much movement with transfers. But, I mean, you're still not going to compare to, like, what a I think a schedule looks like for a team that plays in a power five league, but like that's just unfortunately the reality of UConn's situation.
0: Right. I think a lot of these teams might have been better last year, yeah. whether it be, I mean, Texas, I Texas. Dame.
1: Yeah. Texas is going to be a really good game. Notre Dame has like made leaps and bounds from where they were a few seasons ago. Right. Like that's going to be a good game. That's NC State
0: cool. would have been better last year, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I feel like Tennessee is just kind of going to float around that low top 25 for a little while until they can get a legit star on their team. And I don't think they have one.
1: Yeah. agreed.
0: So one more opening. I'd hope we would hear about who that is soon, but so I don't, I don't know.
1: Do another like double header with the men's team like they did last year maybe not in Newark, maybe make it an actual New York, but I think that would be cool to see.
0: Yeah, especially if the men had a better game, because come on, St. Bonaventure's is just a terrible game to, not terrible, they're a decent mid-major, but that just doesn't move the needle for a neutral site game for UConn men's basketball. Agree. Next up, we have, okay, this is the Annie section, because we're going to run through the rest of her questions here can we expect Gino to load manage AZ and page throughout most of conference play? Short answer. No. Long answer. No, because they have no guard depth. Yeah. But no, (laughs) even if they had the guard depth, no, he wouldn't. I mean, Gino doesn't really load manage, which I mean, I'm not going to question it because
1: obviously he's found a lot of success not doing that. So it seems to work, but yeah, they just, they don't have the depth next year to load manage anyway. So
0: Paige Beckers got hurt because, she, I mean, it wasn't necessarily because she was in at the end of the game. Although the more time that goes away from that injury and the more that like, okay, Paige is fine. The I find it a little more egregious that she was in that game, but all that happens and he still almost put Page Beckers in, in the last like two minutes of a game that they had wrapped up at some point. I can't think of what game it was though. Was it the UCF game? It might've been, he almost put her in for like the last two minutes of the UCF game or something.
1: I thought like no, the no, no. UCF
0: game was not wrapped up for the last two minutes. No, no, no. You're right. It was a big East tournament game. <laughs> I don't remember which one it was, but he almost put her in for like the last two minutes of a big East game that was completely over. And then I don't know if he came to his senses or just the game necessitated it or whatever, all that happens with Paige and he still doesn't necessarily load manage. So yeah, no, that's not gonna happen. Will we see a dunk at home next year? I I'd like to start with this one because Ayanna Patterson, fantastic dunker. Four years ago now, I wrote a s- whole story about is Olivia Nelson Adota gonna be the first player to dunk at Yukon when she dunked during the
1: McDonald's during
0: okay. the like dunk contest or something. Yeah. wrote a whole story about it. I don't think she ever like even had an opportunity to try and dunk the ball. So I'm setting my expectations low for potential iona dunks. And if we get one, it's going to be fantastic.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think maybe not next year, but maybe later when she's playing more.
0: Also at home that like cuts the opportunities that we might even see a dunk in half. I'm just, I don't even know if we're going to see a dunk at all anywhere.
1: <laughs> i don't know so, going to
0: happen. you would do it at home <laughs> yeah but candace parker did it at the XL center so
1: yes.
0: <laughs> next what will the post-rotation look like will yukon rotate to a quote big lineup more regularly i mean it's going to be dorka and Aliyah starting and then behind that i have no idea i'll be completely honest i have no yeah. idea
1: i think it's two, two too soon to tell there's too many question marks are they going to play a big lineup more regularly hell no i mean i still feel like the strength of the talent in this team is in the backcourt and you can pretty easily play like paige az nika and caroline together if you want to granted they don't have a lot of depth to be doing that all the time but i still feel like that's where the strength of this team's talent is
0: Right. I feel like they played a pretty big lineup this past year. Anyways, when you had two of the bigs in at the same time for UConn, that's a big lineup. You're not going to put three bigs out there sacrificing one of your guards because like you just said, that's, those are your best players. So I think we'll know more what the post rotation is going to look like. At least have an idea. We, when summer workouts start, you usually get a pretty good idea of who is, you know, at least, in you know, who's not going to be playing the players, may not say it, Gino may not say it, but it's pretty easy to tell who's not going to be playing. So, we'll know if Amari has taken the step forward into being an actual contributor, if ICE and Ion are at that level. But I don't know, ask us in July. That's <laughs> yeah. my answer. Next up, this one comes from Jesse Blue. What do you make of the notable non-UConn transfers this season? Drayna Edwards to Baylor, Angel Reese to LSU, Ashley Owusu to Virginia Tech, where she says she wants to win a national championship.
1: I mean, Short I don't enter. think they're yeah. going to win a national championship. Virginia Tech is going to be very good next year. Then I think they're going to contend to win the ACC. Aside from that, uh, like, I feel like there's been a lot of movement it's definitely changed the landscape. I don't know that it's changed it at the top necessarily. Like I still think you're looking at UConn and South Carolina in their own tier, and then Stanford isn't that far off. So I don't know how much at the very top it's changed it, but it's definitely changed things in that the next tier teams. But maybe something we'll talk about later this summer once we've wrapped our heads around all of it.
0: Yeah, and once even just the rosters get settled anyways. Right,
1: yeah. That's not not... defined full team rosters at the moment.
0: Right, exactly. Next, this one comes from B Schwartz. What's with the reporting black hole around Kristen and her knee injury? I would just imagine that's I mean, technically, she's not even a player on the Mystics, and I think it would be anything Kristen releases at this point. so. So it's not.
1: She did post on her Instagram story. I think Dorca and Caroline sent her like a care package and there was a card in the story that said it was for ACL. So it does sound like she had ACL surgery. Um,
0: yeah, that lines up with what I heard too. So will NIL kill work ethic? I no. mean, if you ask Gino, work ethic's been gone for like 10 years now. <laughs> so I don't think NIL is gonna miss uh, change that at all.
1: No, honestly, I think especially in women's sports, NIL is a really big opportunity. For these players, I don't think there's anything bad about it necessarily.
0: Right. Then last one from B. Schwartz. Az seems to as re- seemed has seemed to replace Nika as Paige's slime. No, I, I mean I could have seen that one coming. Paige and Az are yeah. best friends.
1: Yeah, they've been best friends since before they got to Yukon. I don't think it's particularly surprising. I mean, didn't they like live together during this COVID summer? I think so. Yeah, like Paige was like, living with AZ's family so Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's that surprising.
0: <laughs> no. I, I mean, Paige and Nika still refer to each other as twins, though. So it's not like that, that's that gone away completely either. This one comes in from Anne for Lazo. How many Bird Taurasi broadcasts do you think we will see next season? My guess is two at the Final Four National Championship, if I had it my way, every single game.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they'll do something for like UConn, South Carolina in the regular season or something like that. I feel like it was very well received. Everyone loved it. So we'll see more.
0: Instead of like Manningcast, just make every single broadcast for everything Bird Taurasi broadcast. Yes. (laughs) Talk about why are sports TV ratings dropping? Because Diana Taurasi and Sue Bird aren't doing the games. Easy.
1: (laughs) Seems like easy money. Just put them on. (laughs)
0: Look, I love Tom Brady and he got a stupid amount of money from Fox sports, what? 10, three yeah. Just give a similar contract to bird and Tarasi when they retire.
1: Yeah.
0: With like a Rapino clause in there. Cause that would only make the broadcast better. <laughs> oh,
1: yes. Remember when and, they did like peak COVID and they were doing their like Instagram live oh, shows, man. like hours of entertainment. Amazing. <laughs> Literally
0: like four hour long Instagram lives. Yeah. Where they would hit the like time limit, it would end, and then they would just start a new one back up. Yes. <laughs> this leads very nicely into a question from Martin Fischbacher. Will viewers outside the US, like the EU and Asia, get a chance to see games broadcasting on SNY legally? Some sort of game pass would be helpful. I would keep whatever you're currently using in your back pocket. That's what I would say.
1: I would say probably invest in a good vpn
0: (laughs) that too that's another good option actually i said we were gonna get through any questions nope we're back will paige (laughs) get a call from usa basketball i hope so i she has the elmo fire gif i would love to see the world burn because uh after the olympics last year there was a quote who's going to be the point guard in 2026 and i said yeah it's going to be paige beckers and then proceeded to get called racist by like half the women's basketball Twitter world. So, please.
1: I mean, 2026 it feels like very possible. There is a World Cup in September. I, I don't think she gets the call for that, but I, I like in 2026 I would not be shocked to see her be the perfect.
0: I hope she does get the call for it this September though, just despite everybody.
1: The world is going to, like, Twitter is going to burn down if that
0: happens. (laughs) If that happens, I'm going to my receipts and I'm calling every single person out. Mark my (laughs) words. I will light Twitter on fire if that happens.
1: Where is the World Cup this year? I don't even know. I have no
0: idea. (laughs) I have a hot take that the U.S. is going to win.
1: Oh, really? Yeah.
0: (laughs) I feel pretty good about that. Next one back to Martin. When will we see Gino in a TikTok with the girls? I'm honestly surprised we haven't seen one already.
1: Honestly, we I'm on TikTok, so I don't know. Are you on TikTok?
0: (laughs) I'm not, but like that would have hit. I feel like it would have something
1: surprised on
0: Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) It would have landed on my radar at some point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that Paige hasn't gotten him to do it.
0: How is Paige not sponsored by TikTok or something?
1: AC sponsored by TikTok. She is? Yeah, she has like a TikTok commercial.
0: Oh. This <laughs> is what I know.
1: <laughs> Maybe they can get Gino in it if like the D'Amelio's come to a women's game. I feel like that could happen. Oh
0: well, they did meet the women's team. <laughs> yeah, they were not the men's game. But
1: uh, I didn't see any combined TikToks, so which seems like a missed opportunity. But anyway,
0: <laughs> there must not have been the time for it. They must yeah. have been like a quick meet. Yeah. But no, I think what would like man, there's so many like possibilities that you could have for what you would do for a TikTok with Gino. Like, would you have them dance? Would you (laughs) have them react to something? So many possibilities.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the first thing about making a TikTok. So I'm not qualified to answer this question.
0: Oh yeah, I'm I'm not either. (laughs) It's, It's a different generation away from me, and they're like. A few years younger. Than
1: I'm pretty me. sure it is like your generation.
0: <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's like, like for I am too old for it, but you are not. <laughs> see, at least in terms of my friends, most of my friends are like on TikTok and watch it. I don't know anyone that actually makes TikTok yeah. videos though. It's firmly kids that are like two, three, four years younger than me. It's a very quick drop off where all of a sudden like it's a different world.
1: Yeah. I feel like most of my friends are not on TikTok and we all just but we all watch Instagram reels so we just are like 2 weeks behind on what's cool.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I also had to delete Instagram because I was spending too much time on reels.
1: Yeah, it's it's just a time it. like it's such a waste of time. It's so it bad. really is.
0: <laughs> That's why like I can't even have it on my phone. It has to be gone. Because I do not have the willpower.
1: It's like you can just sit there and you are like realize like that two hours of your life has just gone by for
0: yes, like no reason. <laughs> then the sounds get stuck in your head. Yeah. And you walk around the entire day with those sounds in your head. Yeah. And it's brutal. <laughs> it's terrible.
1: It's really bad.
0: Sticking with Martin, serious and important question about Paige. Is the Christmas tree still up? So... If you missed it during the WNBA draft, Paige was posting videos and there was a Christmas tree still up in her apartment. I hope. Well, I mean, it's definitely still not up because they're not in their apartments anymore. But I am pro Christmas trees all year round. I'm pro Christmas lights all year round. Christmas lights are great. Put up lights everywhere all the time.
1: We're on different pages on this am Pro Christmas decorations go up after Thanksgiving and come down by New Year's.
0: <laughs> okay. At least you're by New Year's. It's not or December
1: 26th. Oh, no. All
0: no. the Christmas decorations need to be down.
1: Oh, no, they can stay for a few days. But, like, I mean, it doesn't have to be by New Year's. But I feel like once New Year's happens, they need to come down.
0: No. Christmas in March. Christmas in July. Christmas in July um, is a
1: thing. I will accept if you feel like decorating for like July, Christmas, that's fine.
0: I just think lights are fun. They don't have to be Christmas lights, but you can have outdoor lights that look nice.
1: Yeah, outdoor lights is fine. I'm not saying you can't have outdoor lights. just no Christmas lights.
0: But like the, the line between those two things is so thin.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's that. Big. <laughs> I feel like there's things that are pretty clearly like Christmas lights, and then outdoor lights.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, there's like the deer on the lawn, or like the snowman, yeah. or the green and red stuff. But I feel like you can multi-purpose a lot of stuff.
1: All right. I mean, to be fair, I'm pretty sure I had like purple, purple Christmas lights in my college dorm room for four years, year-round. So I don't know.
0: Precisely. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> Next, easily the best question we got. This comes from Russ Steinberg, friend of the blog, friend of the pod as well. Which current player do you think could balance a basketball in their head the longest? Probably Nika, right?
1: Yeah, Ali already responded to this on Twitter saying that. But yeah, I'm inclined to, inclined to agree with her, Nika.
0: Dark, dark horse candidate though, Amari DeBerry.
1: Okay.
0: Amari is definitely someone who just has a full treasure chest full of fun facts and interesting things about herself that we don't even know yet.
1: Fair. I could also just see like Paige because I feel like she's just so competitive that she would need to be the best at it.
0: Paige, you give her like, if you told her a week from now, you're going to have to try and balance a basketball in your head as long as you can. She's going to spend the next week practicing and making sure she can do it but if you're just throwing them the ball and telling them to do it right now i like nika and amari who do you think would have it on the shortest amount of time
1: who um Kind of feel like AZ. I feel like she's too goofy. She was just like, <laughs> it wouldn't <I'm> stay. <laughs> I
0: had the exact same thought when I asked the question. <laughs> like, she would put it up there and then just start laughing. And it yeah, would Yeah, exactly.
1: Off. And it would come off.
0: <laughs> Although, I think we might be overlooking a potential one here in Lulopas Seneschal. Born in Mexico, raised in France that's a lot of soccer that you're around. She might be a basketball player, but I I imagine Lou Lopez Seneschal played some soccer in her day. So I think she would at least be in the mix.
1: Yeah. I think I'm just,
0: I was going to say, I think I'm picking all the Europeans, but no, I didn't pick (laughs) Dorka.
1: Yeah. I don't know why Nika just like stands out as being the right answer here.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it fits her vibe, just being able to do, like, a very, have a very, like, strange talent. Yeah, so shout
1: out to Allie for stealing the thunder from us on this. Yeah. Sure. Right to this. I will get a text about that, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Next up from Missy Mar, <laughs> Any thoughts or early predictions for the 2023-24 team? No, can we at least get the current team on campus first before <laughs> we start asking questions about the year after?
1: Yeah, I don't want to think about 2024. I'm gonna turn like 30 in 2024. We're not we're not thinking about that yet.
0: <laughs> uh, here's my prediction if Paige is on the team, they win the national championship. If they're <laughs> if she's not, I don't know.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, we barely even know who's gonna be on that team. They have two players committed. They could end up having like a two-player freshman class or like a six-player freshman class. Okay. Uh, they're not going to have a six-player freshman class, but are, are Ice Brady and Ayanna Patterson and Amari DeBerry even good? I don't know. Yeah, two is good to tell. <laughs> on the same note, what do you think – how well do you think the uh, 2032 team is going to do? I, I feel like they're shaping up pretty well.
1: Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, we don't even know who'll be coaching that team, but I'm, I'm sure they will be good.
0: <laughs> it's not going to be Gino. I, yeah. I'll make that prediction. It's not going to be Gino.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident in that as well. If it is, then I don't know. The man's going to retire with
0: like 25 national championships. <laughs> Seriously. Speaking of topics I don't want to dive into, when's Gino going to retire?
1: Uh, no, no don't, don't open that can of worms. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I have no idea
1: no one asked why would you bring it up
0: (laughs) do you think though in 10 years the head coach of UConn women's basketball is going to be the same head coach that replaces Gino when he retires
1: yes and I think it'll probably be Shay Ralph
0: okay I would also lean towards yes how long did did Holly Warlick get at Tennessee because whoever replaces them is going to replaces Gino is going to get a long leash yeah, I would think.
1: I would think too, depending who it is and how things go and stuff. But
0: she was there like six, seven years as the yeah. head coach. Yeah.
1: So,
0: so then if Gino retired, yeah. So it would be right in where, you know, a, mm-hmm. a point would have to be made or a decision would have to be made if things aren't going well. I agree on Shea Ralph, though, especially if Gino's not retiring for, uh, let's just say three years and vanderbilt is very clearly moving in the right direction very quickly like they did this year yeah. she was on staff for so long she seemed to be the heir apparent regardless having someone that already has head coaching experience is so valuable even if uconn's a different monster i think carla Barubi is probably going to factor in there too though especially if she continues yeah. having success at princeton
1: yeah, I think those are both fair options. I don't know. I mean, also like there's a world where there's some high profile coach from another big school that wants that job and they go that direction too. But I feel like I would like to see them go in like the younger direction when it happens.
0: Jeff Walls.
1: Would love I love Jeff Walls, so I would have no issue with that.
0: <laughs> Dan Madigan one of our coworkers has been pounding the Jeff walls is going to replace Gino train for no less than the entire entirety of time. <laughs> I've known him, which is six years now or something. So if he nails that one, I mean, he deserves I all. Like I
1: like disagree. Like I think walls is going to stay at leave building. He's built that program into something really successful. I, like I don't see him leaving for UConn, but I would be more than happy with that move. <laughs>
0: But what if he thinks he's topped out at Louisville and can't win the national championship there?
1: Maybe. I don't know.
0: He he had a comment. I don't remember when it was. Maybe it was after they beat UConn, that they've done everything at Louisville that they can, except win the big one. Which almost kind of sounds like, yeah, I've done all I can here. I'm reading way too deep into these comments, but
1: yeah, I don't think he believes that he can't win a national championship there. I think they could. They've but if in clubs. five
0: years, if they get to two more national championship games and fall short both times, they're far superior teams. I mean, they had no chance against South Carolina. Yeah. They had no chance to beat whoever uh I don't wouldn't say they had no chance to beat Yukon or Notre Dame when they lost to Mississippi State in the final four in twenty. 18. No, I thought
1: that was a good team. That team had a chance.
0: Yeah. But I
1: don't think the Louisville team this year was that good, and they still made it to a Final Four. I don't know.
0: I don't think anyone was that good this year, South yeah, Carolina included. Just,
1: yeah, this this is the overwhelming team.
0: <laughs> no one was that good. I don't know why, but that's just the way it was. Which, if you can't stayed healthy, could have made a difference.
1: Yeah. Because
0: <laughs> your competition wasn't too stiff. I think NC State was probably one of the top four best teams in the country, but they got paired in UConn's region.
1: Yeah, it was just unfortunate
0: the way that stuck out for them.
1: I think they would have been a Final Four team had they not had to go through UConn. But, like, that was just the nature of, like, what happened with UConn's injuries. I don't know if you can think
0: about it. Like, if everyone
1: stayed healthy, then, yeah, like – Deep Con would have been a one seed. South Carolina, Louisville, NC, NC State would have been a one seed, and who was the other one? Baylor, Louisville, Baylor.
0: No, Stanford.
1: Oh, Stanford. Duh. Uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, clearly I'm losing my mind. Yeah, Stanford. Like I think those would have been your four ones. I think those are the four best teams in the country this year.
0: Well. I mean, there is something that NC state could have done about it. They could have beaten South Carolina when they played them earlier in the season, been the number one overall seed and played in Greenville.
1: Yeah. But like I mean, South Carolina I was going to be the number one overall seed, unless you the, I think that was pretty clear.
0: <laughs> right. Right. But they're it's not like yeah. they didn't play each other and NC state didn't even have a chance to prove themselves.
1: Yeah, no, no, they did. I mean, it's just the way things fall. There's nothing you can do about it. Like, I think your only other option is what you made UConn you kind of like a, a one seed, even though they didn't really earn the one seed, which I mean, there's probably an argument for that path too, but it is what it is.
0: Also, I was recently reminded about the 2017 NCAA tournament when, similar to NC State, Maryland was complaining about getting sent to the same regional as UConn was, or as UConn was in, in Bridgeport. And then proceeded to get knocked out in the Sweet 16, and have it not even matter. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Anyways. Also, random yeah. side note. Yeah, we don't need to go into that whole debate, but like, <laughs> it's a top. Have a credit. better fan base.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> That'll do it for questions. Though we do just want to shout out Jalabi, who is a Yukon women's basketball fan from the Philippines, which is quite cool. So shout out to that on that note that'll do it for this edition of chasing perfection you can follow Megan on Twitter at Megan Gower you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel V Connolly. be sure to read the UConn blog sign up for the UConn women's basketball weekly subscribe to the show tell a friend and enjoy your Memorial Day weekend coming up Megan what do you got to send us out
1: it's gonna say have, have a great long weekend but you stole it but uh, happy Star-tose. you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> There we go.
0: Happy start of the summer. That's a good one. Thanks for listening.